Today on Give First, amazing investor and my friend Elizabeth Krauss talks about the 20-year buildup to her mental breakdown. She's just getting through it. She's processing it. She's thinking about it. And she's sharing the warning signs that those of you that are out there working on adrenaline all day, every day might need to be looking for. She talks about slowing down to speed up and talks about a part of her life where she was young and invincible. Uh, it's a powerful story, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you next on Give First. Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Really excited to have Elizabeth Krauss on the show today. We go way back. We have lots of intersections in, in our worlds with um, careers and personal walks on the creek. Welcome, Elizabeth. Good to see you. Ah, good to see you too. Thanks for having me. People don't have maybe some context for you if they're not familiar with Merge Lane or your history. So I thought I'd just give you a few minutes to share your background so people have a sense of, of who you are and where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. When I first met you, I was a first-time entrepreneur in Boulder, Colorado. Went from being an entrepreneur to an angel investor to a venture capitalist and most recently have been running the Merge Lane Venture Capital Fund. We invest both in early stage startups, many of which are Techstars companies, as well as some venture funds, one of which is a former managing director of Techstars. So lots of intersection there. I thought it might be kind of fun to tell you a fun update, which involves you and Techstars, which is we had our first significant exit with our large length venture fund a couple of weeks ago. And one of our portfolio companies, Idacity, sold to the company FactSet. And our first investment yielded a 50x return on our investment on that and is going to return about 4.3x our yeah. fund to our investors. And we still have several more investors in that fund, which leads me to an overdue apology to you because... What? Sure. Uh, for a huge win and, and you're for me, that's, that's so cool. Well, I didn't ask you to invest in that particular fund. Which yeah, I hope it's okay. And all the later ones, right? Right. So I, I'll just, it's just a delay. I'm sure you have huge outcomes from your, your later funds as well. But, you know, I'm just super happy for you. That's, that's awesome news. Well, I, I think I want to share why I didn't ask you to invest because it's a really important lesson that I learned that I've heard you tell other entrepreneurs too. Okay. Which is, I didn't ask you because I felt like I was asking you for a favor to take a chance on us when we were first starting. 
And I felt like you had already given us so much and I didn't want to ask you for more. And I would have really liked to have sent you the check that you would have gotten if you would have invested in the fund. And I would have liked to receive it, Elizabeth, but um, I, I don't actually remember what I was doing back then to even be hopeful. Um, so I'm glad you feel that way. But it's a fund that had its roots in Colorado. And uh, like you said in the intro, has invested in lots of tech stores companies. So that's that's huge too, right? And I feel like these things are all intertwined in, in ways that you never expect, right? And so it's not always a financial outcome, right? It's whether it's this fund having a win as an LP or the next one, or just our relationship that we have developed. I couldn't be happier with it. So I'm just thrilled for you. Uh, well, thank you. And, you know, I've heard you say before that entrepreneurs need to frame the opportunity to invest in their company as an opportunity rather than asking people to give them money. And I wish I would have done that with you. And I hope that I can send you a much bigger check than you even would have gotten with this first fund with the ones that you are actually invested in. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I have a rule too. I don't know if you've heard me say this one. I think it's a, another tip for entrepreneurs listening. I've basically never invested in anything or anyone that didn't ask me to. Huh. Right. So I've never gone up to someone and said, I really, really want to be in this. Can I get in? I might express interest, right? But at some point, I want them to say, yeah, I, I want you to invest. I want you to be a part of this. And I also feel like on some level, that's just a life skill that entrepreneurs or investors, whoever need. It's just selling, right? To be able to, to ask. But maybe, yeah, in some relationships, you're not confident enough yet, or it doesn't feel too way yet or whatever. But I think that's, that's a takeaway for, for me that I've tried to convey to other people is it's hard to sell something if you don't ask somebody to buy it. Exactly. The other thing that's happened and the reason why I'm here today, the other thing that's happened since we last walked was that I actually had a mental breakdown in February that was a result of a perfect storm of physical and mental health issues, as well as some just unfortunate random events. And there were many scary hypotheses around why I had that mental breakdown. And luckily, we've debunked most of those. But I've learned that this was a culmination of most of the health issues that I have created for myself because of the stress that I put myself through as a first-time entrepreneur. And largely because I was too busy being an entrepreneur for 20 years, I just sort of put a Band-Aid solution on all these health issues. And finally, at the point that I'm unwinding all of this and have learned so much in the process and wanted to just offer to share some of those lessons that I've learned with some of the people that might be listening to this. Well, thank you for being willing to do that. I had a very high level understanding from an email exchange with you that you were going through that, but I, I don't know any of the details. So I'm sort of learning, learning about some of the details live here with the world. So thank you, first of all, for being willing to, to share that. And I know you're very, you have a very good first nature and you want to help others. My first question is, you said it's 20 years of buildup. I mean, when you said when you were a first time entrepreneur, that was, that was a little while ago, wasn't that long but you feel like you neglected your health during that time and that was a major contributor to, to what eventually happened? Is that, is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. So I heard one of your former partners at Techstars, Mark Salon, say that he likes to invest in entrepreneurs who forget to eat, sleep, and poop. I don't remember that one. It will work well. But it does sound like Mark, so let's attribute it to him. And, and I always think about that. And and I I was one of those entrepreneurs that forgot to eat and sleep as an entrepreneur. Okay, well, I'm glad you got the third one done. Yeah, I got the yeah maybe too much information, but I was running as an entrepreneur. I was also into long distance triathlons and trying to maintain both of those things at the same time. And in the process, put myself into major adrenal fatigue, which created thyroid issues for me and also created hormone issues for me. You know, this was 20 years ago. So the the science is much more mature now. But when I went to the doctor, because I was experiencing all sorts of weird symptoms, which I'll go into later, they basically told me you need to sleep, you need to cut back on your exercise, you need to gain weight. And I did all of those things, sort of, you know, while trying to be an entrepreneur. So it was like, sort of doing them. But I did make some progress on that. But I didn't fully lean into it. And I didn't stop to take the time to really learn what I needed to learn to to do the things to heal myself. And uh, just took some medication that some doctors were willing to prescribe without a whole lot of investigation into what the root cause was and was on medication for close to 20 years. Wow. Um, I don't need to, to go through every detail. I'm happy to share any detail anyone wants to ask me. By the way, I, I should maybe just mention that my email is elizabeth at merge lane, merge like you're merging into a lane at the highway, elizabeth at mergelane.com. If you have any specific questions you want to ask me, you're welcome to. I am not a medical professional. This should not be construed as medical advice, but I'm just happy to share my experience. But just for the sake of time, I'm not going to share every detail. So I basically took a pill for 20 years and then I got sick and had a cancerous tumor, all fine now, but it was just a lot of tra- trauma to my body. And that created this perfect storm that just sort of reset all the assumptions that we were making on my medication. And it created this perfect storm of disaster uh, that made it so that my body completely shut down. I I could not cognitively send an email for five days. Mm. And my heart rate got stuck at above 80 beats per minute. And I'm an endurance athlete who runs at a pretty good pace at 80 beats per minute. So my body thought that I was running for 24 hours and I had this crazy insatiable hunger. It was major trauma to my body. It was a wake up call of, okay, now I really need to address this. And have just been working through all of that since then. Well, so your body after 20 years of some of the wrong medicine, some of the wrong behaviors, Sounds like uh, a lot of adrenaline makes me an entrepreneur and maybe not enough sleep and other healthy habits. And and one day your body just said, nope, you're done. Right. It sounds like that led to not only not being able to send an email, but just essentially this breakdown more holistically. Right. So I'm as I said at the top, I'm just hearing this. I'm sitting here looking at you. People are listening, but I'm looking at you. You seem, you seem okay. You seem upbeat. You seem 
energetic. How are you now? How are you getting through it? How are you recovering? And what are you focused on? I would say that I'm functioning like a normal, quote unquote, normal person. It's not my normal, but as an example, yesterday I went on an eight mile hike and that was a big stretch for me. And that wasn't a big stretch for me before all this happened. So, you know, the average person can't do that, but I, I feel like it's still not my normal, but I'm, I'm functioning like a normal human. And are you full speed back working and, and all of that as well today? Yeah. You know, I, I got really lucky and that this all happened at a time when I could actually take some time to heal myself. So we actually just made the last investment that we're going to make under Merge Line. We're going to be announcing that probably when this comes out, which coincidentally is a former Techstars company, a Techstars entrepreneur that my partner met through Techstars. The company through Techstars failed, and then he started another company, and we're investing in that company. Anyway, our portfolio has matured. They don't need as much time from us. I'm at a place where I can spend time and heal on this, but I am at full speed at work and and upholding my normal responsibilities. Okay. So there's a bunch of news in there too. Um, but by the time you're hearing this, I guess we'll be out there, right? It's the plan. So congrats on, on that. That sounds like a change as well. And sounds like a rebrand or a change yeah. of, of brand. So always exciting. And hopefully you'll invite me to continue to <laughs> participate in that. But if you don't, it's okay. I understand. Although you do owe me now. I'm kidding. You don't. I'm kidding. One of the great things about these relationships is sometimes people feel like it's, they've gotten a lot. I, I feel like I've learned a ton from you. I've watched you as an investor and listen to what some of your portfolio companies have said about what you do and how you engage. We have a bunch of companies in common and people rave about not only how much you're there for them, but what you bring to the table, just your, your own insight, your own experience. So I feel like I've learned a bunch too. And, and that's the beauty of these relationships is if you invest in them, they become very two-way, right? So yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I, I want to go back though to this 20-year period. What were the specific behaviors that you want maybe entrepreneurs or others listening to, to be aware of that they might be doing to themselves, for themselves today? How can people be on the lookout for some of these warning signs? Maybe you are on a wrong medication. Maybe you aren't taking care of yourself and you're getting through it, but it's building up and it's going to collapse one day. What are the lessons learned here? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is I'd like to just share some of the symptoms that I was experiencing 20 years ago. So I started having these energy swings where I'd be really wired and really inspired in the morning. And then like at three o'clock, I'd hit this wall where no matter how much caffeine I had, I just couldn't push through it. I would just hit a wall. And I do things like I would go for a run that was a normal run for me. And I'd feel really tired afterward. And then I'd give myself three days to totally recover and I'd try to go run again and I would feel like I had cement running through my veins, just exhausted. I started to have GI problems and I was just feeling sort of a lack of inspiration, even though I was really excited about what I was working on. 
I just kind of had a hard time getting out of bed. I would feel some depression. But during the times that I was feeling really high, I had a lot of anxiety and then it would swing the other way. And so I went to the doctor. They ran some tests and saw that my thyroid wasn't working properly. And so they said, well, I think you should go on some medication. There's a lot more science and awareness about this. And so people going into the doctor may not have that same experience now. But what I've learned through this experience is that thyroid issues are very common amongst high-performing, fast-moving people. And it's because when you put stress on your body, it affects your thyroid. And your thyroid affects all sorts of other functions in your body. And um, for me, I also started to have hormone issues. So when I, when I had my hormones tested, they were extremely low, um, extremely low. And my doctor said, well, I think you need to slow down and let's gain some weight. Because I wasn't clinically underweight, but a lot of times when people have thyroid and hormone issues, it can be related to, to low body weight. So I tried to gain some weight, but I didn't do that in a particularly healthy way. I was moving fast and I thought it was kind of fun that somebody was telling me you need yeah. to gain <laughs> uh, that's say, man. Where, where are the Doritos, you know? Right. So I was eating pizza and ice cream, which was exacerbating my GI problems. I also since learned that GI problems are often caused by thyroid and hormone issues. So I tried all those things that didn't work. And so my doctor said, well, I think you should go on bioidentical hormones, take some pills to address this problem. And the thyroid medication and the hormone medications that I was taking really did make me feel good. Maybe almost too good because it gave me a lot of energy. I've since learned that thyroid medication can be addictive because it can be a little bit like speed if it's prescribed it too much. Okay. And so I operated like that for close to 20 years, which put a pretty big strain on my system. And I guess I just share those those symptoms so that if people are having similar things, or if you're having a weird compilation of symptoms that, that you're wondering, what the heck could this be? And you're a fast-moving entrepreneur, I would suggest Googling thyroid low and, and hypo and hyperthyroid symptoms. But a couple others that can show up are infertility which can go in harmony with the hormone issues, but can also be caused in men. Brain fog. This winter, when after I had this mental breakdown and was healing, my thyroid was so out of whack. I would get to the point that I could not even compose a sentence properly by about 3 p.m. in the day. And when I was an entrepreneur, I would hit these spells where I would, or I am still an entrepreneur, but I, I would hit these spells where I would feel like, man, I just feel like I am off my game for no real reason. Like I knew what I wanted to say in my head, but then when I would go to actually say it, it wouldn't come out the way that I wanted it to. And I just kind of attributed that to, I need to learn how to articulate things better. I need to work on my public speaking. I need to sharpen my mind. And now I, I am convinced that that was actually my thyroid working. <laughs> 
So, so if you have any random compilation of issues, I would first check hypothyroidism in particular is one of the major drivers of depression. And so I would check that if you're addressing your mental health. And I'll share some resources. David, do you have show notes for me? We can put them in the show notes. Okay. But in particular, the thing that has been the most helpful to me is, is a book that recently came out called The Adrenal Transformation Protocol by Isabel Wentz. And that, I felt, told my story and maybe many of the people listening to this in which right. she was just a fast moving person who actually used to live in Boulder, hmm. put herself through adrenal fatigue, had all these weird symptoms that doctors misdiagnosed and figured out that it was her thyroid. Another thing is GI symptoms. GI symptoms can be caused by anxiety and stress, but can also be caused by thyroid issues. All these things come into play. And for that particular one, I would strongly recommend the uh, fiber-fueled cookbook that talks a ton about nutrition. I've completely changed my diet and I've seen some great results from that. You know, David, would love to hear where you'd like to go next. I've done a lot about thinking what I about what I would have done differently. And I'm not sure I actually would have done anything that differently as far as my the life that I led. <laughs> yeah, you are who you are, right? Yeah, I wish I just would have done it a little smarter. Well, I feel like if maybe somewhere along the lines, especially as you said, the medicine's advanced so much and I personally get a blood test every year that looks at as much as I can look at. And you see stuff in it. And I, I think 20 years ago, we didn't really have that as easily. And so especially if you're feeling something, I think you could get this sort of full panel today and really try to look for anything that looks off and get clues. But maybe was that something that you, you wish was different, that you had maybe not just trusted this one pill or this one doctor, but really had multiple people look at it or had more complete testing or just didn't feel like enough was going on that you needed that? Uh, I wish I would have had more people look at it, definitely. I wish I would have educated myself a little bit more. What I've learned in this process is that doctors can share a lot of insight and there's a lot of knowledge out there, but you have to do your own research and trust your own gut and be your own patient advocate. Because we have this assumption that a doctor seeing you for the first time is going to spend 45 minutes with you and solve all of your problems. And as an entrepreneur who is moving fast and doesn't have, want to have more than one appointment, you want to believe that too. But it's just not realistic. And, you know, now it's so much easier to access this information on your own, on your own time. So to ask is not what would I have done 20 years ago, but what would I do if I was a first time entrepreneur and started to have these things see these things today, which is I would have gone to see a few different people. I would have taken the time to do that. There's a lot to be said about sometimes you need to slow down to speed up. And and I was at one of those junctures. I wish I would have listened to podcasts, which didn't exist then, but today I would have listened to all sorts of podcasts, listened to audiobooks while I was doing other things to get that knowledge to figure some of this stuff out. And I wish I would have stopped to have more intelligently figured out what are the things that I cannot go without doing (laughs) and what where are the places that I can cheat? 
if I was a first time entrepreneur experiencing what I experienced in February, I would have found another CEO. I would not have been able to run my company. But if I would have been an entrepreneur experiencing what I did 20 years ago, I would have said, all right, I'm going to listen to as much as I can listen to about nutrition and figure out what I can do to change my diet. And one of the things that really prevented me from eating the way that I should have eaten is that I didn't want to take the time to prepare well-balanced meals. I was on the go. I often would go from meeting to meeting without eating or drinking. And I've now decided like that's non-negotiable. You have to have good food with you at all times. And today, if I were an entrepreneur, I would have just thought about, okay, how much is my time worth? How much can I advance my company by spending more time on my company while still meeting my health goals and and think about how I could spend money to solve my problems. Now I'm having somebody prepare meals for me weekly so that I always have prepared food in my refrigerator, no matter how busy I get. And that's an expense, but my time is worth more than that expense. And I can achieve more by focusing on my business and just kind of applying that to all aspects of life. Like, could you get another assistant? One of the most eye-opening experience I had during the five days when I couldn't send an email is that I have an extremely valuable executive assistant. And I didn't have that 20 years ago because I felt like it was a luxury that I couldn't afford. And today, even on the budget that I was on 20 years ago, that was something I should have spent money on because I could have advanced my business further by having some of those details taken care of. I hope your EA isn't listening and saying, oh, I'm starting to feel some of these symptoms myself. I hope they're being taken care of themselves too. And I'm sure you're encouraging that. I think one of the things that happens, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but in talking to lots of entrepreneurs in our world is, is I think also when you're younger, on top of all the great advice you just gave, I, I think you can you can feel a little bit invincible, right? And, you know, I'll, I'll I'll work this hard for five years and then, you know, I'll take care of myself and I'll work less or I'll tone it down. But I'm, you know, I just got to go, go, go. And I realized this early on with tech stores where we we do this like 13 week, you know, accelerator. You've got a bunch of background and experience with that. It's not a sustainable activity. And one of the things I started doing very early on in tech stores was telling everyone that was in it, this is not a sustainable activity. This is a 13-week opportunity for you to you drive really, really hard, build your network. You should not come out of here thinking this is the way you need to work forever. It's an opportunity to get a lot in 13 weeks, and you can take advantage of that if you want to. But I think lots of people who are earlier in their career just think, well, I'll deal with the health stuff later. I'm young. What could really go wrong? But what you're doing is you're forming habits for life. So I, I don't know. Do you feel like that might have contributed to in, in your earlier career? Absolutely. Well, for one thing, your body just functions a little bit better when you're younger. Yeah. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day that when I was 21, I used to work all week, drive up to the mountains to go skiing on the weekend, go to the bar straight from the car after work, take the 2 a.m. bus home, sleep for four hours, drink a Red Bull and ski. And I mean, my body just would not do that today. <laughs> I didn't have that luxury to make that choice. But 
once you figure out that your body can do that, you you it's kind of addicting. It's like the Techstars experience is such I never went through the accelerator, but I had the opportunity to invest and, and mentor in, in your orbit. And so I've kind of seen what the experience is like. And it's such a life altering experience. And you, after this 13 weeks that you think you couldn't go any further, you figure out that you're actually able to sustain that. And that's addicting. It's like, oh, I did it once. Well, I can do it again. And I definitely fell into that pattern. And I I've had to learn that sleep isn't negotiable. When you go for 13 weeks and you cheat on sleep, that's one thing. But when you go for 10 years and you cheat on sleep, that's another. Yeah. And I think if I could do it over again, the first thing that I would have protected was my time to sleep. 100%. I, I've had several podcasts on sort of broadly around mental health and personal health. And Brad Feld, is, as you probably know, I shared a ton about his own experiences. You know, sleep always comes up 100% of the time. Just before this call, I had a call with an entrepreneur who really just isn't sleeping. They've got a great business. It's growing. But, you know, their mind is racing at night and they're like, do I take Ambien? Do I, what do I do? Right. And the resource for this is a great book. You probably know about it, Why We Sleep. that talks about the importance of sleep and how you can sort of manage it. But I think it's it's hugely critical, not more critical necessarily than the things you were talking about earlier, but it's a, it's a big part of the story. And I've seen that a lot. I'm a huge proponent of that. And I also just think that sometimes the stress of trying to maintain what you know you need to maintain to maintain your health can actually create this vicious cycle that you're so stressed about not getting enough sleep that it, it makes it harder to sleep and it increases your stress and all those things. And so I think just being realistic about the fact that being an entrepreneur is really hard. It's funny, sometimes I feel like we've created this culture that is doing a lot of positive things for mental health and for general wellness. But I think sometimes it creates this expectation that you can have it all at one time, that you can have this perfectly balanced, healthy lifestyle and be a first-time entrepreneur. And I actually don't think that's possible. I think you can have a reasonably healthy life and be a first-time entrepreneur, but you are going to achieve a perfection in both areas. And I think I would have actually been a lot better off because even when I was applying all these Band-Aid solutions, I knew that they were Band-Aid solutions and that caused a lot of stress for me. And I think if I would have just allowed myself to realize that I'm not going to be perfect on the health thing right now and I'm loving what I'm doing and it's worth it. And I also think you just, there's kind of a time for everything. Like I keep having these weird things happen that are just, making me believe that all this stuff is happening for a reason. And the fact that this happened when I was at a point in my career where I could slow down and address it was such a gift for me. And I feel like this is the time where I can address some of this stuff. But I don't think being a first-time entrepreneur and starting a family and, and buying a house and, and being on a new board all at one time and all the, you know, any major life event, if you can 
minimize the number of life events that you're doing as much as possible, it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, I think also very applicable to not first time entrepreneur, second time, third time. And right. it reminds me of the other Feldism, I'll paraphrase it, but it's, it's basically there is no work-life balance. It's never balanced. The best you can hope for is harmony and it's a trade-off, right? And just pay attention to both sides of it, not only to one side of it. I think that's that's part of the trick. I want to say thanks for sharing this because it, it takes some bravery to do that. I think it's really valuable people listening. It's to me, one of the ultimate expressions of Give First is to, to share your personal story when it's maybe a little bit hard to share and, and you're still processing it and you're in the middle of it in, in, in some ways, but excited for the rebrand, the firm, excited for the exit you had, excited to know that you're getting through this and, you know, taking care of it. And just want to say thanks for everything you've done, not only around the Techstars community and around the Boulder community, but for startups everywhere. I, if, if you're not familiar with the work that Elizabeth has done and you're listening and, and you're hearing this, go look. It's it's pretty amazing stuff. And so thanks for all of that and so much more that I'm sure I'm missing. Uh, well, thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, give first.